Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Teen Corker. I'm pumped to have Britt Mon on the cast today. Britt is someone who I adore, who I have followed for a long time, way back in the days of Lululemon. Oh, that's Bernie. Bernie likes Britt too. Because Britt, fast forward, has gone on from cool work with Lululemon and really neat athletes, found a love of CrossFit found a partner she adores three babies and heavy heavy weights in that she has shared a journey super authentically online and while she has been in the u.s and i have been in canada i have followed this transformation of a woman in complete awe and it's not the six pack and this gorgeously shredded body as much as it is her commitment to living this whole life that everything works and that is what I am always so attracted to as a human is how do you make your version of it all work? Britt, in the midst of the pandemic, started Zoom classes on Eastern Standard Time, which meant very, very early o'clock Pacific Standard Time, and therefore I did not join them. However, Bernie and I would go into the gym with her recorded sessions and work out. And we affectionately referred to her workouts as Brit's body pump. She had people from all over the world tuning in or lifting with her. And it really changed my life, if I'm honest. And I thought, if there's one conversation that I want you to hear about this summer, it's this one. Enjoy. What up, Britt? It's good. It's good. Kids are in bedtime and, and I'm here. I'm here for you. Well, there's a three-hour time difference. And I'm very aware of this three-hour time difference because what used to be, was it 5.30 a.m. or 6.30 a.m. that you were doing body pump classes? It was 6, 6 a.m. Yeah. 6 a.m. And I was like, I just can't do 3 a.m. Pacific time to meet you. <laughs> no, no way. No way. That's why I recorded Oh gosh. So from Lululemon to Zoom to the class we called with so much love, Brit's Body Pump, I have been dying to get you on the podcast. And I love that you've been resistant because I too was resistant to life with Brit. And yet you said yes. And so perhaps there's a lesson in this for me. And yet I just honor that well, I have a very distinct memory of us in LA. And from us in LA to you in Knoxville, Tennessee, with biceps and a six pack that we all oogle over on Instagram. I just wanted to know what you had to say yes to in life to bring your life to exactly where it is today. That's a good one. That's I, yeah, that's a really good question. What did I have to say yes to? It's going to sound weird, but I had to say yes to saying no. <laughs> yeah. Is that weird? I know that's the strangest answer, but I think understanding. I love to say yes to everything. Like in my youth, being younger, like in my twenties out of college, like I just was hungry for life, hungry to develop relationships, be with people. And I think I understood in that process that I could lose myself or not really stand up for what I wanted or what I needed in my life if I didn't say no to things. And so what that meant was in my personal relationships, like finding my husband or what that meant was leaving a job that I loved for something more challenging and different, but led me to a different path at the same time. So yeah, just learning to say no and kind of cutting out. 
don't want to say cutting the fat, but, you know, cutting out the things in life that doesn't really serve me or not. Hmm. Well, we all know that you have loved and studied nutrition through and through, yet I want to know how your love of nutrition translated to growing muscles. And I really want to talk about muscles on the female body, not to Mm -hmm. mention you have gone through having children and coming back from having children and doing so with, I'm going to just call it an incredible body. And we're going to tag your Instagram account below because I mean, you're gorgeous and it's something that I know you work at and the signage or this, um, what is the word I'm looking for? The, like the phrase of it's, you know, your six packs are made in the kitchen. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just want to know this balance of nutrition and lifting heavy things through incredible life changes and doing it your way. What has that been like? Yeah, it's changed a lot. It's evolved a lot. Um, What I've learned about it has changed. And that's what's tricky about nutrition is that it does change. It seems like it changes all the time. I mean, you think about what they said was good for you 10 years ago and what they are saying is bad for you. Like there's so much in the way of policy and money and marketing that has really shifted most of the world's perspective on nutrition. And so even myself, you know, I went to school and studied dietetics. I'm a dietitian, which is different than a nutritionist. And that I had to go to school, I had to do an internship unpaid, work at a hospital for a year. And you're really working with all kinds of patients from like kidney to cardiac to all kinds of different burn patients even. So you learn like that aspect of nutrition. But what it doesn't necessarily prepare you for is application, like real world application to just everybody, not just the patient or what's specific in the hospital. So then in my experience as a coach, I eventually became a CrossFit coach and was like kind of always a pregnant CrossFit coach. Like I literally got my certification the month I think I found out I was pregnant. And so through that learning, how do I apply these principles I learned about nutrition, but in a way that helps people get results, helps them eat healthier overall. And like you're saying, get this physique that people are after or whatever they're going for that makes them happy. And so I used to, in the CrossFit world, it's very strong in like paleo, you know, eat clean, eat this list of foods. Don't eat this list of foods or whole 30 even you know, like clean out everything, no processed foods, like go this route. Now there's nothing wrong with those concepts. Like it's really based in really great ideas, but it does plant this seed for good and bad. And it plants a seed for guilt or cheat days. And that messed with me as an athlete. And it messes with clients too. Like you become so focused on, I cheated on my diet because it's very moral conversation it's very unhealthy. And often it can even breed eating disorders. You know, like when you're really restricting so much, then you end up binging or you end up, you know, going crazy on the weekends and it becomes a lot of people's norms and they just kind of go back and forth. And I think what's something I learned this past two years or a year and a half is I kind of always thought of yo-yo dieters as folks who like did this insane diet, lost a ton of weight, gained a ton of weight back, and then repeated that process. And then I realized, you know, I'm part of that. I'm actually someone that yo-yo diets. Like I jumped from paleo to keto to low carb. I do it partly because I'm intrigued. Like I want to learn as a student, but in doing so, you kind of mess with your metabolism a little bit, a little bit. So I learned a lot about how that can impact you. And so it shifted a lot of my coaching and what I've understood for myself and how to fuel my body into a much better approach that's far more flexible, far more sustainable and really helps you through the long term get results, which it truly does take a long time. 
versus these like 30 day challenges, 30 day clean eating challenge, like those do produce results, but they're rarely long lasting. So that's the biggest thing I've shifted in my nutrition knowledge this past year. Okay. I'm going to touch on two things you just said. One was marketing. Mm -hmm. That feels so big and something that we're all susceptible to from food to politics to, I mean, heck, as we know what we wear, black stretchy pants for the win. (laughs) Can you share with us a little bit about your views on marketing in the food space? not in the food space necessarily, but certainly in like the nutrition coaching, like fitness professional space. It's been challenging to be honest, personally, for me in that, you know, your main avenue for marketing is social media and your main avenue for marketing is something like Instagram, which is very visual. Mm. It's interesting when you look, you can even look at my account where it's like, it used to, it's so easy to post about yourself, right? Like it's, it's very easy to post. It's very like self-centric. You can take selfies, like this is what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what's going on with me. But what I've learned in the past years as a coach, that's not really effective. And that's not really what people get value from. So it's like, if you just see me working out or see my stomach or see what workouts I'm doing, does that give you value in your day? In some respect, like there is a value to seeing a mom who can get back to fitness, who can like, I get that piece, but my goal is how can I change my marketing perspective in a way that's like really impactful to others and gives them education and find out what they need, what they're missing, what they want to learn and deliver on those things. Mm -hmm. And so it's been challenging because I put a lot of thought into like what this post is going to be. And it's almost like stopped me. I've taken such a pause from posting stuff because I'm probably overthinking it a little bit because mm-hmm. you can look at any fitness professional and you look at their site and it's like just photo after photo of them. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of this narcissistic, like weird space to be in, it really breeds comparison. Mm-hmm. And that's like such a toxic place to live in. Mm-hmm. And so um, my focus has been a challenge, like I said, many times is to really move away from that mm-hmm. and try to incorporate like this balance of education meets like, here's what I'm up to, but also like, what can I do that's impactful for people? Mm. Or maybe it's a bit of like, so I've done a lot about mindfulness or a lot about the other aspects of health, not so much like the aesthetics. Yeah. So yeah, marketing, it's tricky. It's tricky. And I think a lot of the fitness world, it's about looks and it's, it's unfortunate because as a coach, you get these folks coming to you, bringing you these photos of, Hey, this is what I want to look like. Mm. This is who I want to be not really realizing, well, what's your version of that? Mm. And there's genetics into play. There's the commitment, there's the time there's, where's your stress at? Like, well, how much money are you willing to spend or how, you know, how much time do you have? So there's so many realities and variables, but they're so stuck on like, well, they did this. So like, why can't I have that? It makes it very tricky. All right. I think you've just mic dropped for the whole podcast. They did this. So why can't I have that? Mm-hmm. They did this. Why can't I have that? Welcome to the world that that will never exist. <laughs> Whether you're buying a business, selling a business, creating anything, it's like, here is the world to create on your own terms. And yeah, the game of comparison. I love where you just took that question because it's so beautiful to think through the like, A, marketing yourself as a coach, as the coach that you are, as it relates to both food and of course, workouts. Yet I am keen to go one step further. And that is the marketing that the world is giving us about food 
And then how do you interpret that as a coach? So for example, as you shared paleo and keto, and I'm going to go low carb and high carb and high fat, low fat, and all of the differences. I know one piece for sure is that what works for female bodied people doesn't necessarily always work for male well, or vice versa. And like, what is the marketing that is mostly male centric and and how do we as females respond to that? And I feel like there's a five-year window where the Atkins diet was trendy and then whole 30 was trendy. And so I'm wondering your thoughts on humans and maybe your clients or, you know, what is your vibe on the response to that push in the world? I think that most of that marketing is geared towards quick fixes most of the time. So whatever the fad is at the time, whether it's marketing or money, or it's just some kind of diet craze that's occurred, wherever it comes from, and there's so many of them, a lot of them are based on this quick fix idea because that's what's like sexy, that's what sells. And how can you get fast results? And that's just kind of the mindset that we live in. How quickly can you achieve something? And the problem with that is that it's never sustainable. And, and it also makes it very complicated in some ways when like one thing I heard, I really stuck with me as Lane Norton. He said, the best diet you can have is one you can stick to hmm. because if you can't stick to it, if you're not going to stick to keto forever, if you don't <laughs> like, I love donuts. Okay. <laughs> I love donuts. I love carbohydrates. Sure. Some of them might make me feel bloated, but some make me feel great. Was I going to stick to keto forever? Like heck no. And it also really affected my performance. So I might've looked good from the outside and I felt pretty good too, but like I was dying in my CrossFit workouts and I love to feel powerful. I love to feel strong. So that kind of like was a bummer to me. I didn't like that. So it's like finding this diet that you can sustain. And that's so hard for us to, it's not sexy. You know, it doesn't sell like, Hey, we want to get you long-term sustainable results that are going to take you a while to achieve. Like, no, people don't want. Yeah. I'll tell you what they do when they've seen themselves fail over and over and over again. Yeah. So you're at this point where it's like, I have done this. I have done this already. I ate paleo for six months. I did this. I did that. I worked out five days a week. I did my orange three classes. Like you burst, you know, busted your butt, like burning tons of calories. And you might've gotten results that lasted for a bit. And then you're back to where you started. Mm-hmm. And then you just, going through it cycle and cycle and cycle. So when you finally are kind of at the end of that and you're like, I will try anything, whatever, just tell me what to do. That's when it's like, okay, now you'll listen. (laughs) It's not sexy, but stick with me for a while and we'll get you there. We'll repair what's been broken kind of, and then we'll get you back to a healthy place. It's sustainable. So yeah, in terms of marketing, it's very much geared towards quick fixes. Most of these diets at the end of the day, why they work is that they put someone at a calorie deficit. Right. They make them eat less. doesn't matter if it's intermittent fasting, if it's keto, if it's paleo, in essence, they're eating less. Yeah. So it's like, how can you find something that does work that achieves those results long lasting and are sustainable, you know? Okay. Well, that's a beautiful segue to the next question I had for you was how this relates to your family life, because there's one side of it about a human. And then it's like, well, I can do this, but my partner wants this, or I have kids or I'm too busy. And all of the pieces of life that we know to be true. And I look at you, Britt, in awe because I'm like, you are busting down every possible excuse. You're a mama bear, you're working out, you have a partner who I don't think is obsessed with CrossFit like you are. 
no, no. We've had this gym that we built up for like a year and a half. And like, he's lifted maybe three times. So. Got it. Got he's it. a mountain climber. Like he loves anything up in the, I mean, he'd love it in Canada. Like he just loves all that stuff. Lifting weights in a space with no windows does not appeal to him. Got it. Which is beautiful because the myth of like, if my partner doesn't do it, how do I do it? Or I'm carrying all the motivation. So I feel like anyone can come to you with any possible excuse and you're there to bust it and not just with beautiful criticism, but with lived experience, you're there to say like, here's how it can be done. And I want to specifically speak to family life. So you have little ones and a partner and do you eat the same things? How do you navigate schedules? What matters? How do you honor your donuts and your kids desire for donuts? Those things. Can you riff on that for us? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing I've learned from my husband is having strategy and scheduling and I'm like not a type A person at all. (laughs) I'm like, I'm totally type B. Like I'm just go with the flow, like whatever works. Like I leave all my drawers open, like laundry kind of sits for a couple of days. Like there's, (laughs) I don't have it all under control by any means. And I'm, I'm getting better becoming more minimal. It has helped a lot. Like really trying to get rid of literal clutter. I don't need, you know, 15,000 yoga pants, stuff like that. So can we not talk about that? I just went through my closet and I was like, I I swear I still have product with tags on that. Like it's just got to go. But, and then I'll find another brand I love. And then I get obsessed with that. So I definitely still have my problems, but yeah. So finding scheduling is I think the biggest piece. And I think that's like the common complaint is I don't have time for most people. Yeah. And you know, you do that simple little uh, homework of, hey, well, why don't you just write down everything you did with your day and how much time it took? And you start to realize like, oh, how much time was I on Instagram? Like how much time like sit literally on the toilet looking at Instagram longer than I needed to? Like you start to add up these minutes and these times you're like, oh, okay. Like I I might have time for something else, you know? So that's part of it is, is saying no to some things. And like, for me to coach Zoom for the past year, even during COVID, like I had to go to bed at 9.30 p.m. I was tired then. I am tired at nine most nights, so it works. But like I couldn't sit and watch Netflix. You know, I couldn't like do some things that I wanted for myself, even just to kind of chill out. So I had to kind of find other times and other ways to do that. Hmm. So yeah, scheduling is a big part of it. Like waking up before my kids wake up is like the only way I can get a lot done. And then again, managing their schedules. So like, I literally have time in the morning before they wake up. I get them, we eat breakfast, we play, we do what we got to do. And then we have lunch and then they have quiet time. So that's like a nap, essentially. They barely nap, but they're six and younger. So (laughs) they, they deal with it, but they know it's quiet time. They all know right now is quiet time. Like we all get like an hour to just be alone because it's important for all of us. And so including mom. And so that's also that hour is, Hey, do I check in with clients? Do I work out? Like, what am I going to do with that hour? Sometimes it is Netflix, you know, like it just depends on what's going on with the schedule and how I'm doing. Yeah. So it's like, I really have three times of the day that I can dedicate to different things. And so that was also like a huge eye opener for me was when I first started lifting weights again, I didn't lift weights until like a year after my third kid. Mm-hmm. that we moved and it took me time to just get in my groove and I was like oh I can work out in the morning I can work out at lunch like I just have to pick up the weights and do it and you know and create that schedule so scheduling is a big piece of my ability to continue yeah. doing 
Yeah. Okay. And then to wrap it in a bow, when it comes to scheduling of when you lift weights and also the scheduling time tips, tricks on how you prepare and consume your food, does everyone in the family eat whatever Brit's eating? No, no, no. Okay. No, <laughs> no. it's, it's a, such a mess. I wish I was that perfect. No way. Like, I think I've only like meal prepped properly, like three times in my life. I do make sure protein is handled. On the weekends, we have a Traeger. We love it. Like we smoke and barbecue stuff and we just do a ton of chicken breast or a ton of pork or whatever it is. So that's a game changer for me. Like as long as I have protein covered, I'll figure out the rest. And I try to make the protein more like attractive for the kids. I do my best. We mix it in different ways, but like, no, I mean, it it just depends on the meal. Like they love salmon. And so I, have they all eat the salmon and then I'm like well you have to eat your broccoli and they'll do it thank goodness and then and then you know so there's some nights it works some nights it works and some nights like I'm making I don't know five different things it's crazy but just depends depends on on what's going on but we try to I mean I post a video on it they always want what I'm eating like if it's in my face and it's for me they'll totally eat it because it's I don't know it's just how it works (laughs) yes You know, I love you for a million things. And I love the candor in the perfectly imperfect and the notion that in order to do life a certain way, everything has to be perfect and meals must be perfect and meals must be prepped. And what I heard you just say is like, there's one thing that matters and it's called protein. There's another (laughs) thing that matters and it's called lift, picking up the weights, not lifting them, just picking them up. And then if you pick them up, five reps, five times over, you will get strong and then you add more weight. And I've watched you, you get stronger. And so talk about inertia and talk about the first step and not having all of your laundry done and all of your meals prepared. And it's still possible. And that feels really, really cool. And the other piece I've learned this past year with my mentor is just like how stress plays such a huge role in all of that, in all of your success. And it's so easy to like make, I got to go work out a ton of priority. I have to meal prep a ton. Like that's pretty, those are all stressful things. And you have to really think like, am I balanced? Like maybe I need to only work out two or three times a week. Why don't, why is it sick? Like, especially as a new mom and I coach a lot of new mothers and it's like, you only have these little windows. Like you need to really be in tune with your body and think like, is going to orange theory right now? Like what I need to do right now? Or maybe I need to go for a walk for 10 minutes alone. And just like be with my thoughts. Like, so the stress piece is so important with proper uh, nutrition and health and weight loss to be really effective. So it's like, you can't forget these like basic pillars of sleep and stress and hydration and protein. <laughs> you know, So it's kind of like going back to basics before you start looking for the next fad or the next cool workout class to pay way too much for. So it's just, you know, getting back to the basics. Yeah. Sleep, stress, water, protein, super clear. All right. I need to know what is ahead. I need to know one or two, whatever you would like to share, you know, it's coming goals for Brit. What keeps you going? What's the North star? Why does it all matter right now, Brit? Oh gosh, it matters so much in my life of coaching. (laughs) I've always gravitated towards women. I've always gravitated towards women who are trying to get pregnant, currently pregnant, or have just had a baby. And so something I learned in in the field of coaching is you have to find a niche. You have to. Otherwise, you say yes to everyone and you're an okay coach to most people. But if you want to be a great coach, you need to find that 
demographic that really speaks to you. And with my mentor, Tristan, who I've mentioned a few times now, so we're with the daily pursuit and he's my mentor there and he has a few coaches. He also mentors. And, um, and my, my niche is that it's prenatal and, and, um, postpartum women. And it's such a beautiful demographic and a very vulnerable demographic and one that they need so much support and have so many questions, especially if they're a new mom or a first time mom. And I just think back to the three kids I have, like all the support I wanted, like I, there's so much, there's too much information out there and you just need one person you can trust who that you don't go to Dr. Google and freak yourself out over mm-hmm. that can just be that person for you. And so that really, I'm super passionate about that. I love that calling that I've kind of figured this out and, and it scares me a little bit because it's also, I mean, you maybe only have one baby your whole life or it's like, it's such a beautiful, precious time. And, and so it's, it's scary because it's like, I want to be everything for that new mom. So the pressure is there, but I'm like so excited by it too. So that's, what's to come is that focus there. And I think it's cool. I've really seen a lot pick up around that, um, in the CrossFit world because these women that are competing are having kids now. You know, and so they're seeing like, oh, like we need to talk about how do you train properly? How do you maintain your pelvic floor? Like, how do you eat properly? So that's exciting. So there's that. That's honestly my biggest focus is that, I mean, I don't, the other goal is thinking of, because I knew you'd ask me, it's my focus as a mother. It seems so simple. And it's not like I have this beautiful, perfectly worded goal around it, but being present with my children is really important to me right now because it's so easy because everything's turned so remote and on your phone, Mm -hmm. just want to put that dang thing away and just be present with them. And that's been a focus lately for me. So while I'm excited about these goals and they totally drive me, like, how do I separate them a little bit and really, you know, focus in on my kids too? Cause that time is also very precious. Wow. Totally. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for reminding us. I mean, I guess we come full circle of the power of yes and no, and the power that the group of women that have had children need. And it is, it's like, it can all come in one package known as Brit. And that's pretty special. I can't help but ask, do you have any personal goals as it relates to your own training? Or is this like literally you sleep and drink water and eat protein and you lift weights and it's like some people breathe and you lift weights. And so it's like that automatic for you. It's both. It's both. Like I, it's part of me being a student and wanting to learn. Like I love programming. I love strength training and like, I'm so new to it, even though I programmed a year of zoom, like I don't, it's so intriguing to me. So that's part of it, me learning. And, and honestly, it's funny. I am training less in the past year and I'm eating more than I've ever eaten. So it's such a different learning experience of like what I used to think and what a lot of coaches still kind of coach. So that's been amazing to me to learn that. And no, like I used to want to compete in CrossFit and I just, I'm not driven by that anymore. Like just the thought of like trying to do a ton of burpees fast or box jumps and just like eating it and like busting your shin or like tearing your shoulder from cleans. Like I just, I'm not driven by that anymore, you know? So that's cool. I'm over that goal. But yeah, I love lifting weights because it does feed me and it's just like my routine. It makes me feel, you know, great. But I'll tell you, it's not like I'm killing it five days, six days a week at the gym. It's like four and it's bodybuilding style. I'm breaking sweat-ish, but I'm not like, I mean, even body pump was like tougher than, you know, I'm breaking more of a sweat and body pump than I am now. So it's, it's just learning new ways of training that are most effective. And it just comes down to progressive overload, strength. Yeah movements, progressive overload, lifting heavier. It's not about 
how fast you go or how many reps you get in yeah. or how many calories you burn and then fueling properly. It's just a bit of an experiment with myself. How can I, can I look great and feel amazing and eat as much as possible? <laughs> and you will get my donuts. My I get donuts probably once a week at minimum. So yeah. that is amazing. I eat plenty of healthy stuff too, but I have to at least have my donuts. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I, the reality, the truth, the beautiful wisdom of how we craft a life that we can have it all as long as we know what our version of it all is and donuts included if you're with Brit. So that's awesome. <laughs> we wrap every podcast with one final question and that, you know, it's coming. What is currently making your heart beat faster, my friend? Honestly, it's taking on this role as a full-time coach. I've managed to balance it all, but I've done it very slowly. And I think the maximum I've had is maybe eight clients, you know, and that's been like perfect for me. The idea of taking on, you know, like 30 plus people is a little scary, but super exciting. And it forces me to be like a better business person and understand systems. And like we were saying before the call, strategy and execution, which are all things I need to work on. But I I love the connection and I love people. And so for me to help more people just makes me super excited. So I'm excited to find a way to do that. And I, like I said, I've learned so much in the past few years to sort of like share that, especially with women in that time in their life with babies. Like I'm just, I'm super excited. Oh gosh. Well, we will make sure that contact details for you are in the show notes and we are tagged. I know that you do check your DMs so people can DM you on the gram and follow along. And it's just such a blessing. I mean, for all the things that we criticize social media for and understandably and getting addicted, I have to say that I'm so grateful that it's reconnected us and that you provide such a freaking dose of inspiration. And because I know you, I'm inspired. And I think the notion to clarify that when you speak of social and the comparison game, that can feel super toxic and not healthy. I will just share that personally, when I know someone or there's that connection, I'm just in awe. And I really love that about social. And so sure, I can unfollow the people that don't generate that feeling for me. And yet, I just think transformation is a beautiful thing. And it can come in many different shapes and sizes and looks. And there's just no filter to filter pure happiness and there's no filter called a beautiful family on a sup with a six pack and I think you've got that nailed so thank you so much for your time thank you for posting everything that you do and my only request is that you don't think so hard just post because your friends in Canada need to see it so post we're following and details for how to contact Brit um, will be in the show notes and attached to this post Thank you so much, Steph. I loved it. I, you're just pure joy. I love talking to you. Thank you so much for me to do it. <laughs> <laughs>